All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Pod by the Bay, proudly presented by the Bay Area Examiner. I'm your host, Nathan Bond. Drawing alongside me, Seth Varnador, and filling in for uh, Nostradamus, Robert Steve. We've got Anthony Vito um, joining us tonight. Uh, lots of stuff to kind of go over. Let's let's start with the highlights. Uh, former USF wide receiver. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and former USF center Austin Ryder are Super Bowl champions. It is the 15th Super Bowl uh, that the winning team has had a former bull on it. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, they now each, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has two back-to-back. Austin Ryder has three. He is the only three-time Super Bowl champion for your South Florida Bulls. Uh, JPP has two. Jaquin Williams has one. Kweka Mitchell has one. Super Bowl champion BJ Daniels obviously has one. Uh, but Austin Ryder, Marquez Valdez-Scantley, congratulations. Uh, looked a little dicey. Very boring game. And then Usher turned turned it up for everybody. So thank God for that. Um, but super exciting game. Super awesome to see a couple of uh, former Bulls win. And then also shout out former Bull Chris Oladokun, who is also a back-to-back Super Bowl champion as a practice squad quarterback for the Chiefs as well. So really cool, really, uh, really fun to see on Sunday night uh, MVS catch a touchdown. For the first time ever, a bull scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl, which Alabama has never done. Yeah, getting our getting our wake, Alabama losers. Uh, God, chumps fold fold the program. <laughs> well, a lot of them are leaving, so maybe <laughs> <laughs> they must have known. <laughs> oh Ryan. shoot, we have USF on the schedule. Oh, I'm going to the NFL. See you later, Mister Grub. Jeez Louise. Um, so that's the fun part. Um, there's also a you know slightly breaking news. If you guys were in the Ponderosa section of the Discord, if you were a Patreon, you knew about this probably happening <clears throat> yesterday. Uh, USF now has a new running backs coach after former uh, running back coach Matt Merritt took the job down in Miami. Interesting, though. That's not been officially announced i think he could end up at tennessee really i think it's a possibility uh-oh think mario no. got cold feet or what's going on there tennessee's running backs coach left for the nfl ah so i don't know could happen uh but that's something, something to keep an eye on <clears throat> but maybe that they're is. just waiting to announce i don't know why it hasn't been announced by miami yet yeah because this was this happened last Two last Tuesday, yeah, a week ago. So a week ago, um, that's interesting. And USF has already hired um, their new running backs coach, uh, Seth. Can you can you expound on on Micah James and and what he can bring to the table as a former offensive lineman uh, to yeah. the running back room? So Micah James, were you know when we were first started to look at putting a list together, some people were like, do you guys have a hot board? Um, you know, we threw we were looking at Tennessee guys was kind of the first place I went to look. And um, there was a guy, Aston Walter, who played running back. So I thought he 
would be a fit. Um, possibly I saw Micah James, but I saw he was an offensive line guy and thought, okay, well, probably not. Um, you know, just because you know, it, now running back coaching position is, you know, you can kind of have some flexibility there. And we talked about that in the in the Ponderosa a little bit. There's some flexibility there, but um, didn't really think too much of it. Um, then Stieg said uh, yesterday, I believe, that you know the name started coming up a little bit, and he saw the name around a little bit, and then I went and looked on the Tennessee site. And his name was gone. So that's usually a good indication, which I know it was there <laughs> two days before because I'd saw it and remembered it. Uh, so looked in his background a little bit more. So he played offensive line at Middle Tennessee State. Um, and they've been somewhat up-tempo at times. Like a couple of years ago, they were really high up-tempo with the same head coach as their forever stock still. So, um, And then he was a GA at UCF in 2018 under Heupel. Went to UMass, I believe, as the offensive line coach, then to Utah State uh, as the offensive line coach for a couple of years, and then last February, a year ago, got hired as an analyst at Tennessee. So he's been at, he was at Tennessee this whole season mm-hmm. as the offensive line or an offensive analyst. But you know, the one thing we heard, so we, when we started reaching out to people about names, we didn't get a lot of names back, but. Um, you know, we heard uh, we heard a couple things um, that they thought were important. You know, we thought um, scheme because they they said you know in our discussions like this is not the easiest scheme for somebody new to come in and learn and hit the ground running. So somebody that has some familiarity with the scheme was going to be important, and they seemed like and this is what we said yesterday in our in uh, our piece we put on Patreon. They wanted to make the hire pretty quick, and a day later, the hire is made. So uh, he fits the he fits what they wanted. Right? They want to get somebody quick, somebody that has familiarity with the scheme. That's great. Running back, um, I think a guy that's got offensive line experience, coaching it, understanding the running game at that level can really help the running backs understand it. And also, obviously, pass protection. You'd imagine he'll be pretty good at teaching that. Uh, so. Uh, you know, I like to hire. It's not a traditional hire in terms of hiring an offensive line guy, but, um, you know, sometimes you'll get staffs, and Vito and I were talking about it before we jumped on. Like, sometimes you'll hide your recruiter at running backs coach. Sometimes you'll hide him at tight ends coach. Like, it depends. You know, those are seemingly the two positions. Uh, but, you know, this is another set of eyes for the offensive line, too. So, if you know, if Coach Hoodie wants to be on the field, you've got a great set of eyes up in the box now or vice versa. Uh, so I think it could really help the running game to have this perspective, another, basically another offensive line coach out there. So Mm -hmm. I like to hire from that perspective. I think he can be additive in terms of scheme, um, Utah state. Um, so it was with Blake Anderson, right? That's the guy's name. Yeah. Really respected offensive coach too. So like adding a little bit, he maybe could add a little bit more flavor or, you know, whatever. So, um, Really, really good hire, in my opinion. We'll see, you never know if these things will work out, but I think with the pedigree and the skill set he can bring, uh, I like the fit, and I think it'll be uh, should be beneficial for USF running game. Yep, and then you know a couple other kind of promotions uh, were also announced today. Uh, that today being Tuesday, uh, <clears throat> Coach Hoodie is now the run game coordinator, also as well as the the offensive line coach. And then Ladamian Washington is now the pass game coordinator as well as uh, receivers coach. I assume there's 
some sort of pay bump in that. Um, That's got to be a good retention strategy, I'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. For Washington, especially those guys had a pretty good year. I'd imagine a little pay bump, a little title increase helps retain those guys a little bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially when uh, the staff has been poached like four times uh, in the first year that they've been here. Uh, you want to try to uh, get your guys um, as cohesive and, and try to keep the, the band together as much as possible, especially as you mentioned, so that this is the scheme is not the, the most uh, conducive to outsiders. Um, yeah. And the, the pool kind of shrinks every single time someone gets poached of who can kind of run this and then, you know, things can get wonky. So good job by them making, making this hire quick. Uh, they have a couple weeks before spring practice starts to kind of get everything in sync. Moving forward, I think is uh, probably the, the best way to put it. Uh, they, they've got their guys uh, set for now and we'll go from there. And just before spring practice, which yeah, starts yeah. soon, March 5th. Yeah. I'll be here before you know it. After the year that was January, February is speeding on by and it's a leap year. Oh, yeah. Extra day. Jeez Louise. Real quick, wanted to touch on men's basketball. So they, they beat Rice, another, again, another second half comeback on Saturday. I think they were down, what, 12 at one point? And down by 13, 13 at the half. half. Yeah. Down yeah, 13 was, uh, at the half. 38 25. Rice was shooting over 50% from the field. <clears throat> USF was not. They were, on, they were about 30%. And, uh, and then Stieg checked out. He had some other stuff. He had so he had to go to Monster Jam, so he uh, rightfully so had to leave. And then uh, the tides turned. I you know I just want to thank uh, Effie Levy, friend of the show, USF <laughs> works in the personal form of USF. Awesome job. Uh, he gave like a twenty-five minute clinic presentation instead of like an hour, so I was able to get out and watch the very end of the game on uh, my phone in the hotel room. So that was nice. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> Andrew Warsaw. Uh, he uh, he went a little bit longer. Uh, we had this. It was super unfortunate. So we were at the coaches' clinic, and we had a split <coughs> up because Uncle Luke couldn't show up. He couldn't, <laughs> yeah, he he couldn't present at the Nike Coach of the Year clinic because of a sponsor issue. His, I guess, he's sponsored by Adidas. I Is that what it was? Him. Yeah. <laughs> um. He I just know did. they said uh, replacing Uncle Luke, Effie Levy. Yeah. Um, so Effie Levy was supposed to talk on Sunday. He moved. He moves up to Saturday. So then Seth and I had to split and you know divide and conquer. I went mm-hmm. to Andrew Warsaw's uh, little presentation, kind of behind the scenes of um, running a program. Uh, so was interesting to say the least and then uh seth you got a, a nice short and sweet uh presentation um for that uh for no from fluff. effie no fluff no filler but good information so uh it was fun uh getting to see some usf guys and and talking about their process i think it only help us uh cover the program better so yes yeah, abs- absolutely I uh, will say Andrew Warsaw saw me uh, sit down. He goes, man, no live tweeting. All right. I'm, like, I'm just here to learn. 
I'm just <laughs> I'm just here to learn, man. Um, so that was good. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about what we saw at the coaches clinic in a little short uh, Ponderosa uh, podcast uh, after after we're done recording this. So be sure to look out for that. But they beat Rice uh, 69 uh, 65. They host uh, Tulsa. By the time you're hearing this tonight at 7 p.m., they have won nine in a row. They're 10 and one in the conference. They're first in the conference. They have a massive matchup on Sunday versus FAU, which I can only assume is going to be sold out uh, if it hasn't already. But you got to get past Tulsa first. You cannot stub your toe. Um, they're not good. I think is I th- they they put up points, but I don't think they're very good. They I think they've lost three in a row. Um, it's been up and down for them. They used to be really good, and then they weren't. Uh, let me let's take a look at their Ken Palm real quick. And so they they turn the ball over a ton. Uh, they're fast though. It looks like yeah. Um, it's really great when you're when you're fast and you turn the ball over. It's just like yeah, they're two hundred eighty really fast and go three and out. Two hundred eighty nine, like, yeah, it's two hundred eighty ninth in turnover percentage, two hundred eighty third in offensive rebound percentage. Uh, I'm wondering, do they press a ton or is it because they're they're seventy ninth in turning people over? And yeah, their tempo is thirty fourth. They're just a tempo is thirty fourth in the country. Yeah, um, and they're top. Top sixty in steal percentage, which is pretty pretty good. Um, good defending the three, uh, but they have not. They're second in the comp, just in conference play. They're second um, in tempo, uh, but they've lost to UAB, North Texas, and Florida Atlantic. So, you know, halfway decent teams. They beat Wichita, Rice, lost to SMU, beat UTSA, lost to Tulane, lost to Charlotte. Um, so they've only beaten the three worst teams in the league. Correct. And it looks like they're a team that uh, thrives on getting free throws. 23% of their points are from free throws, which is 23rd in the country. So it's going to be one of those kind of games. And their height is kind of similar to USF. So USF is... 275th in the country in average height. Tulsa's 214. So both teams on the smaller side. Uh, but we shall see. They do have a dude that scores like 20 points a game. So that's a little scary. Uh, PJ Haggerty, I think he scored 20 plus points in three straight games. Five straight games. Excuse me. I, I can't believe I shorted him. Five straight games. And he's fairly effective on two point shots. He hasn't hit a three in the month of February, so be be ready for that. <laughs> Seems like something may change there. He is uh, seventh in the country at fouls drawn per forty minutes, and eighteenth in the country in free throw rate. So, like, he's got a pretty decent true shooting percentage just because he gets to the line a ton. Yep. So, yeah, and he shoot, he's shooting eighty one percent from the line, two hundred and one attempts. From the line, and he's good, eighty-one percent free throw shooter. So, uh, do not want him at the free throw line. Yeah, let him chuck twenty-five percent three-point shooter, twenty-nine percent in conference play. So, let like him chuck. Let him chuck. Let him. Let him chuck. 
<laughs> what Here's a weird stat comparison. Um, Tulsa and USF's overall stats by like Ken Palm a lot better are, are relatively the same. And mm-hmm. the only difference is two percentage points and three-point field goals for the most part. And that's the difference between being 103rd in net and 193 in net. But like free throw percentage, 74 for Tulsa, 72 for USF. Points per game, 76 to 75. Opponent points per game, 73 to 68. Field goal percentage, 43 to 43, essentially. Uh, like it's really funny when you see the stats match up, but then you start getting to the nitty gritty and realize, oh, turnovers are an issue, or you're a couple percentage points better on free throws or three point field goals. And that's the difference between some of these games. Yeah, and their their offensive efficiency numbers are pretty bad. I'm guessing it's just not this is not a great it seems it looks like they have one guy that's a pretty good uh, maybe I'd say is above average three point shooter, Tyshawn Archie. Other than that, I mean he's forty two point nine percent. The next highest guy that's playing a bunch of minutes. Like there's a there's a Keaston Willis, he's five for ten, but he's not playing a ton of minutes. Next highest guy is shooting 33.7%, Isaiah Barnes. So, yeah, not a great shooting team. So those efficiency numbers lag a little bit, seemingly. Yeah, we'll see how it kind of shakes out on Wednesday. Uh, tough break having having a game on Valentine's Day. Um, I'm sure the, the, the workers love that. I'm sure their wives and husbands love that. I'm sure the coaching staff loves it as well. Not being not being able to be be home for uh, Valentine's Day. Um, so we'll have more in depth on Thursday, basically recapping this Tulsa game while also previewing Sunday's FAU contest. So be on the lookout for that as well. A couple extra pods for uh, the Patriots this week uh, as we kind of hash out the kind of coaches clinic and, and go super in depth on this here basketball team. Uh, women's basketball beat Wichita state on Tuesday night. Finally, we don't want to talk about Saturday. Saturday sucked for them. I guess they could go on a run. I, I don't, I don't see it. I know prior to losing earlier last week that they were kind of still sort of penciled in as the team to win the conference tournament and sneak in with like a 15 seed. I don't particularly see that happening. They just don't. They don't have it. That's just kind of plain and simple this year. They just don't have it. Moving right along, uh, softball is four and two to start their season. No hit Bethune Cookman in a ten nothing five inning run rule victory in the second game of the season, and then uh, lost to Oregon State in UF, and then bounced back on Monday with a win over Kansas uh, to sit at four and two. They've got six games this weekend, UIC, two against Boston College, one ver- uh, two versus Purdue, and one versus Hofstra in Tampa this weekend. Uh, one of the benefits of living uh, in Tampa early in the season for the bat and ball sports is you get a lot of home games right up front. So once again, being able to do that, I believe Peyton Dixon was on the AAC honor roll. Is that correct? I feel like I heard that. Yes, I'm not that is correct. Okay. Did you did you talk about beating Michigan as well? I did not. Throw that one around. I forgot. One nothing over Michigan. That's a big one. Peyton Dixon complete game shutout. 
That's probably yes, I did. Um, at lunch, we uh, last Friday was at Miller's and saw a bunch of Michigan people who were there also eating Miller's, hanging out outside, enjoying the nice Florida weather. Uh, the beautiful thing about softball is they just play early season softball is you just play a ridiculous amount of games. And uh, sometimes if you have one really good pitcher, they'll just play all weekend. That was always it's always remarkable for me. Um, but yeah, they beat Michigan in a 1 0 uh, pitcher's duel. So they started out 3 0 and then had those two losses to Oregon State and Florida, but then bounced back versus Kansas. Yep. And uh, that that no hitter versus Bethune was two freshmen. And it was the first time in program history two freshmen combined for a no hitter. So uh, shout out to them. Great job. Uh, ladies, Ken Erickson. We were told that the hitting was going to get fixed this year. Um, we've seen a couple of good games, a couple of one nothing squeakers. Hopefully it happens. That was the issue last year with a nice little sprinkle of some pitching. That was an issue. Uh, on the flip side for baseball, who starts the season on Friday, they get hit all day, every day. <laughs> they just could not pitch to save their lives. That's going to be the big question mark. I think they're still going to be able to hit. They did lose Daniel Cantu. He is now at Florida State. So they're mm. that's a that's a that's a dude right there um, in the middle of the lineup that you're going to have to replace. But they still have a plenty of power, plenty of pop, uh, basically up through the middle of the infield that should be able to combat that a little bit. Drew Brutcher, if he puts it together in his senior year um, and ha- is consistent. Um, He's kind of turned in like Evan Longoria a little bit. He likes to chase sliders, and that's never fun. He used to be very patient his freshman year, even his sophomore year. A little antsy, a little too many strikeouts in, in key situations. But they face UConn, Louisville, and Indiana State all at home starting this weekend. Nice little tournament. They don't they don't usually do that. It's usually like an opening three-game set, but but they've got three. Pretty good teams coming in. Um, obviously, UConn was the bane of USF's existence. While when they were in the same conference together, Jim Penders remains the best coach, not named Gino Ariema, that's ever coached in the Big East or the AAC with USF. So exciting to see a couple of old Big East foes come into town. Uh, but they got to get the pitching fixed. Do you think there's any thought to move into Indiana State game time? It's at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Oh, I don't I don't know. It pro- they probably can't just because it's travel. travel, right? Yeah. Nine a.m. How about yeah? Can we do an early <laughs> early match? Let's see. Yeah, I'd imagine that would be the reason because it would be. Uh, I mean, it'd be really cool if you could go from one to the other. Yeah, I do know. Um, Tickets to the FAU basketball game at noon will also get you into the game, the baseball and softball games. Um, oh, a softball, so they a softball playing the same day too. Yeah. Um, oh, so they rough. they cannot they cannot move the game up to nine a.m. because Louisville and Connecticut play at nine a.m. No, oh, switch them. Now that could be a thought. I mean, I'm just trying to help everybody out here. Switch them. Yep. Get everybody to walk, to walk from one location to the other. Um, I plan on being there on Saturday for the Louisville game, hanging out with some friends. 
Okay. So excited to see, uh, excited to see where it goes. Uh, the buddy I'm going with the last, last year we went to two games and they won both of them. So that'll be fun to see and planning on going to the FAU game on Sunday. Although I don't have a ticket, so maybe I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you could go, if they move the baseball game to 9am, you could go baseball, basketball, the softball game starts at two. Yeah, they walk back so, over there. Get so maybe maybe you can get you can get in after maybe a little bit late to softball, but you know sometimes basketball games quick, especially yeah, if it's a quick game. Hot dog, popcorn, hot gut, hot dog. That that's the, that's the play. Popcorn at the at Yingling is ace, and then the hot dog at uh, McEwen and the softball stadium mm. are uh, really good too. Hey, I mean, Mike Kelly, come on, we got to figure it out here. Yeah. yeah, let's just move some stuff around. It, Indiana State's not going to care. Who cares if their plane's supposed to leave? And like, you know, who cares if Louisville and UConn's planes are supposed <laughs> to leave? Do you think they want to go back to Indiana now? It's probably going to yeah, be cold. On. They got. I'm sure they got a charter flight. <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> they. <laughs> you want to? You want to? You wanna, they, no. They probably no, have a. Con- they probably have a connection. The connection. <laughs> They're probably going to Denver first before getting home. Yeah, there's plenty of flights from <laughs> Chicago to Blue Wings Center or whatever. Where, where does Breeze Airways go? Yeah. We're at Terre Haute, Indiana. I'm, that's a hotbed of tra- travel. Uh, <laughs> go uh, Sycamores. All right. Yeah. The Fighting Larrys. Uh, Larry it's, Bird, maybe. Yeah. It's the first time uh, since Larry Bird was at Indiana State, coincidentally, that they are ranked in the AP uh, Top 25. And who else is getting acknowledged in the AP Top 25? Your South Florida Bulls men's basketball team. State paranoid. Absolute rat poison. It makes no sense. (laughs) It's just so hilarious that, I mean, they can't keep getting away with it, but they just keep doing it. Yeah, like... They just steal everybody's soul, and they're still a hundred and third in net. But everyone's like, "Nah, that, that they know what they're doing." Uh, you know, Chris Youngblood put up another twenty. Uh, Case and Pryor had a double double. He, he came back, and and we're tied for the third longest win streak in the country with Yale and Colgate, um, <laughs> natural powerhouses of men's basketball, uh, and then Connecticut and St. Mary's are each on 12 game uh, winning streaks. So uh, perennial NCAA tournament teams uh, slash uh, reigning defending national champion, Connecticut. Yeah. And then St. Mary's, uh, the fight in Malik Fitz's. Wait, sorry. I just got distracted. Um, so Indiana state just lost today. So that's, Oh fun. no. And they lost to Illinois state. So, you know, a couple of UICs. Mm-hmm. I'll remember that because um, all during March madness, I was in Italy. So I just like wake up and go like, Ah, okay, this happened. I happened to we had the, our flight back home the day of the national championship game. I woke up early enough to catch the ending of that game. Okay. It's pretty nice. wild. I was like, oh good. Our friends at uh, no escalators are gonna be ecstatic. I'm sure they won't, you know, overdo it. Did you know that Larry Bird actually played baseball at Indiana State for a game? Just one? Yeah, the coach told him real men play with balls this size and help the baseball and kept ribbing him. So he's like, I can play baseball. And he said, fine, come play baseball. One game. He went one for two with nine putouts. Wow. Oh, he played first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I expect him to be a pitcher what? for some reason. Two RBIs, baby. So there you go. Larry legend. What can he do? 
Keep it back healthy. Walk briskly. Yeah. <laughs> Tall man. Put continually put together a good basketball team. Mm. It's tough out there. Yeah. God bless. All right, me. I'm gonna do this really, really quick and okay. uh, in, in loving memory of Steve. Uh, men's tennis. He's just at a show. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> um, men's tennis is five and three this past week. They um, they beat Charlotte. Had a doubleheader. Lost to Stetson later that evening. Uh, lost to then Miami and then beat Georgia Southern and Florida Gulf Coast. So uh, men's tennis is is looking pretty good. And Alvin Tudorico got AEC Player of the Player of the Week for his his look. Uh, he's uh, he's ranked as usual. Women's tennis is four and three this past week. They beat Stetson, lost to FAU, and then beat North Texas back on Sunday. So tennis looking to get back on track. The the one thing that I'm starting to notice with this athletic year is almost every program is above 500, and it's looking like a lot of positive uh, momentum going forward. I think men's tennis or men's soccer was the only one. Men's or women's soccer didn't go above 500 which is the only one so far. Obviously, long season for, for both tennises, but uh, good to see them both on the winning side and above 500 currently. Track and field this past weekend in the Windy City Invitational. Uh, most people come go away from you know the Midwest, but we went there. Uh, seven event winners. I set two programs records, and uh, uh, track and field just keeps doing better. We, every, every event, they've had at least two event winners. It's pretty exciting. Like this is indoor, especially so. Um, getting that back on track been pretty good. So it's a really good start to spring sports. Let's hopefully see baseball continue it and then basketball keep going. Yeah, uh, men's soccer had a losing record. Shout out Bob and women's soccer went 10 and 6. So, yeah, so, uh, men's soccer is the only one so far that has had a losing season in the team sports. Interesting, yeah, that's. And I, I mean, we'll see after the rest of the spring sports wrap up, but I'd like to see the last time we've been that successful over the course of athletic year. Still a lot of time to go, so don't want to count yep. chickens yet, but so far it's been so far a pretty damn good year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. With that being said, let's wrap up, get out of here, be nice to people. I think it's probably a good thing. It's Valentine's Day tomorrow uh, or today when you're listening to it. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> be, just be, just be kind. I think that'll go a long way. Make sure you get someone flowers. Tell someone that you you love them. Give someone a hug. If you don't have anybody to love or hug, go to the basketball game. Because why not? Uh, they're giving away uh, replica jerseys tomorrow as well. Uh, so do that. Um, Sunday, FAU. Try to pull off this triple. Triple header of baseball, softball, and men's basketball. Uh, we should make Steeg do it like on assignment. <laughs> <laughs> videotape and <laughs> have somebody videotape the whole thing. Yeah, uh, that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty uh, choice there. Um, bunch of bat and ball sports uh, this weekend. Even with uh, the two other teams coming down for baseball, basically uh, kind of running like a, a mini miniature uh, softball tournament there down uh, at the baseball field. So lots of stuff to go on uh, down there at the athletics district. So be sure to check that out with that. Thanks for tuning in as always. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Bulls.